It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, Deebing Creek protesters remain more than a week after a dawn raid to clear a development site. Speed limits changing in Ipswich Central, Ipswich's growth suburbs and platypus numbers in serious decline. It's Tuesday, May 9, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Last week, security fences went up and heavy machinery moved in at the proposed Deebing Springs residential development, which has been mired in controversy as reported frequently in the Ipswich Tribune. In claim and counterclaim between local traditional owners, some have endorsed the development and others have been camped on site for nearly four years to protest over the development. In the pre-dawn of May 2nd, the developers, in the presence of police and security, moved in to clear the site of protesters amidst tense and emotional scenes. Dan Rennie from AAA Murray Country FM was there for an extended period on Tuesday morning. Dan, thanks for speaking with Ipswich today. Yeah, good day, Alan, and good day to your listeners. And um, as is custom, before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where I am here today. That's the Yugger and Turrbal people um, here in the west end of Brisbane. What happened at Deebing Creek last Tuesday? What happened last Tuesday was uh, something out of a an action uh, action movie. There were there were riot police or tactical police who were. Uh, forcibly removing people uh, in a, a pre-dawn raid, 4am, uh, I'm talking old people, young people, uh, possessions, vehicles, everything removed from the site. Um, it was something that took uh, everybody by, by surprise, um, including uh, myself, who received a phone call to say, get out, get out here, we need, um, we need some coverage of, of what's happening here because it's... Uh, yeah, it's something you'd see in the United States with a SWAT police coming in to yeah, defuse a hostage situation or a terrorist situation. That's what I, I um, compare it to, uh, the scenes that I were described to me. And um, from what I've been told from some very um, you know, senior elders in the, in the group there. You spoke to many people on and off the air. Can you tell us how it got to this point? How it got to this point was there's um, some dispute between some of the traditional owners. There's a small faction of the TOs who don't speak on behalf of 
of all the mob out there. And when I say a few, I mean literally a handful uh, between uh, half a dozen uh, to to um, to a dozen of these these people who are. Yeah, going outside the uh, the communal governance system that's always been in place with the traditional owners of the Deeming Springs and Deeming Creek uh, mission, the Deeming mission. Um, so, look, it's a historical, uh, significant, culturally historically significant uh, place. Of course, you know it was the site of a massacre. Um, that's still <laughs> neither here nor there when it comes to um, the, the proof of it. But you know the. Uh, the, the feeling amongst the people there is it is a, a culturally significant place. There's Bora rings, so meeting, uh, meeting circles and, um, and also places for traditional ceremony. There, of course, is the site of the, the mission that was set up in the, you know, the late 1800s. So um, a lot of culturally significant areas there, burial sites. Um, and all the people, all the mob there on the ground want is for the site to be moved. Um, but the developers, A.B. Jennings, um, are pushing ahead with the some 2,500 uh, dwellings that are, that are proposed or, or not proposed, that it's, it's underway as we speak. Well, would it be correct to say then that the core issue has been this unresolved issue of bone fragments found, which to date we've been told officially uh, they're not human, is that the core issue, or, or is there more to it than that? Uh, look, that's the the big one, Alan. And you know, the uh, the bones that were forensically examined, and I say that uh, pretty loosely because it was um, done via a, a photograph. I don't think you can extract DNA from from photographs. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think there needs to be some further uh, forensic examination and perhaps some um, you know ground penetrating radar done there because this is these are stories that have been passed down for millennia thousands and thousands of years so you know that alone should should halt the uh should halt the construction that's underway as we speak uh not only that but the the traditional owners and the native title is still before the court so it's a you know to, to be able to give permission for this to happen before it's been uh, going through the legal legal system, legal process, is uh, is unwarranted. You've touched on this, these deep emotional issues with different family stories handed down from elders about the extent of possible burials outside the preserved cemetery area. D- did you get any more detail about that? Yeah, I spoke to a number of elders um, off the record and, you know, I'd like to keep um, most of those conversations, you know, private, but... Um, the emotion that you hear talking to these old people who have grown up um, knowing this this area is is special and sacred all their lives and have passed it down again. Um, yeah, I, I was emotional um, being there. You know, it's a uh, it's a very spiritual place. When you when you walk there, you can feel it. And having a big fence and um, you know dozens of security guards who were uh, overly aggressive and overly um, you know, uh, antagonising to to the group there. It was it was one of those really rare uh, feelings that you get of um, you know trying to <laughs> to keep it all together and trying to maintain um, you know your, uh, your your journalistic hat while whilst also being moved to the point of being um, yeah really angry uh, as well. Dan, development on the site was first approved quite a while ago in two thousand and eight. 
And the current owner, A.V. Jennings, basically saying in a written statement last week that they've been through the hoops with all the environmental and cultural plans approved with one local elder, and he was named in that statement, Sonny Thompson, saying the site for development was never part of the mission. Was it part of the mission or wasn't it part of the mission? Do you know? Look, I don't know. Um, I'm an observer and I don't speak on behalf of the traditional owners out there, but what, what I can tell you is that whole space where, where A.B. Jennings are developing is historically a sacred site for the younger mob there, the traditional custodians who have occupied that land for thousands of years, have been out there protesting for uh, for at least three years. Um, so, look, whilst I can't uh, give you a definitive answer on that, um, all I do know is what it means to the people there and what the, the developers A.B. Jennings are doing is causing a whole lot of distress and a whole lot of emotional turmoil. In speaking with the traditional owners, have you been given any indication of where to from here? Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, nobody knows, and that's the, I guess, the, the really sad part about this story is it's going to drag out. It's ongoing. Um, from what I understand is there won't be any halt to, um, to construction while it's still being disputed, uh, so I, ca- I can't answer that question for you, Alan. All I do know is it's going to just keep uh, heaping on the, you know, the emotional turmoil, as I said, and, and the pain for for these people. And it's evident if you if you speak to them, uh, just how painful this this uh, process and this experience is for them. Dan Rennie from AAA Murray Country, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with Ipswich today. Yeah, no worries, Alan. I'll just add as well, I want to give a shout out to, to all the mob who have been out there standing in solidarity and wind and cold and, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, people don't do this because it's fun. People are doing this because uh, it must be done. Dan, thanks again. Pleasure. In other local news, speed limits are to be reduced in Ipswich Central from May 10. In a decision that did not involve councillors, it was jointly decided by officers from Transport and Main Roads and Ipswich City Council that a swathe of changes to speed limits would be made to major thoroughfares in Ipswich. Citing the need for reduced speed to enhance public safety, parts of Brisbane, Limestone and East Streets change from 60 to 40 kilometres per hour. Other streets, including council-owned parts of Brisbane, Limestone, Ellenborough, Nicholas and South Streets, will also be reduced to 40 kilometres per hour. If you drive on Warwick Road, speed limit changes are also afoot in Yamanto between Pasali Drive and the Cunningham Highway. Ripley Valley and Red Bank Plains have again made the leaderboard for population growth in Ipswich. The latest report from Council reveals Ripley added 88 new homes and 267 residents, while Red Bank Plains added 56 homes and 139 people between January and March this year. In a statement, Council said Ipswich remained in a strong position to provide high-quality housing despite new construction rates slowing down around the country. After Ripley and Red Bank Plains, the next most popular suburbs for growth are Flinders View, Raceview and Spring Mountain. The quarterly report from Council also told us that 88 new food licences were issued, the city has nearly 33,000 registered dogs and more than 4,000 customer service requests were lodged. The Ipswich region platypus population is on the brink after the 2022 floods. 
The devastating impact on the city's platypus population has been laid bare in a new monitoring report presented to Ipswich City Council. Council tracked the city's platypus populations for the past seven years, regularly recording positive environmental DNA traces confirming strong platypus populations in creeks and waterways across the city. Out of 22 sites monitored in June 2022, one tentative site was located in Wacol. More recently, in December 2022, the same sites were tested with similar results, which confirmed platypus have not returned to Ipswich's rivers, creeks and waterways. Past reports from Wildlife Queensland, who conducted the platypus surveys in partnership with Council, noted that declining water quality and habitat in Woogaroo and Opossum Creeks are some of the greatest threats to the city's platypus populations. Platypus burrows are typically in soft sandy banks of creeks and rivers, protected by tree roots and vegetation. These burrows are especially vulnerable to collapse with the influx of sediment and debris from floodwaters. And finally, colds and flu can easily spread from person to person, but you can help stop the spread of flu and keep your family safe. By taking a few simple steps, including covering your coughs and sneezes, washing your hands and keeping children home while sick, you can help stop the spread. Westmorton Health reminds you that common illnesses like COVID-19 and influenza can quickly spread from person to person. These illnesses can be very serious. For young kids, especially those under five, and for people over 65, pregnant women, and those with medical conditions such as diabetes, they can result in hospitalisation or worse. To help stop the spread and keep your family safe, cover your coughs and sneezes, keep kids at home when they're sick, wash your hands often and encourage young ones to do so as well, keep your family vaccinations up to date, clean frequently those surfaces that are touched regularly, and don't share items like cups, cutlery, lip balm, toys, or anything else that comes into contact with the mouth or nose. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.